Welcome to the How to Be Awesome at Your Job podcast, the show where brilliant professionals share how to sharpen the universal skills required to flourish at work. Enjoy more career fun, wins, meaning, and money with your host, Pete Mikaitis. Hello, and thanks for joining us here for episode 532 with Molly Fletcher. Molly is sharing how to masterfully manage your energy to accomplish your best work and just enjoy living your life of meaning. So you'll learn one, the key to better energy management, two, smart ways to beat burnout, and three, why self-care shouldn't make you feel guilty. So if you want to check out the show notes or the transcript or the links to items we've referenced, you can expand to this episode's description in most podcast app players and check them out right there or tap on over to awesomeatyourjob.com slash F532. Now here's Molly's story. Molly Fletcher is a trailblazer in every sense of the word. Now as CEO, she shares unconventional techniques that made her one of the first female sports agents in the high stakes world of sports. Molly Fletcher is a popular keynote speaker who helps leaders, teams, and organizations get unstuck and perform well. Big thanks to Molly for spending some time with us and big thanks to our sponsors. Check them out. And big thanks to our sponsor, Acorns. Acorns makes it easy to start automatically saving and investing for your future. You don't need a lot of money or expertise to invest with Acorns. In fact, you can get started with just your spare change. Acorns recommends an expert-built portfolio that fits you and your money goals, then automatically invests your money for you. NerdWallet.com, whom I love on these sorts of matters, gives Acorns a whopping 4.7 stars and says, quote, if you want to make the most of your spare change, there's no better place to do that than Acorns. Head to acorns.com slash awesome or download the acorns app to start saving and investing for your future today and we got a legal disclaimer here it may not be representative of all clients tier one compensation provided compensation provides an incentive to positively promote acorns view important disclosures at acorns.com awesome investing involves risk including the loss of principal please consider your objectives risk tolerance and acorns as fees before investing acorns advisors llc acorns is an sec registered investment advisor brokerage services are provided to clients of acorns by acorn securities llc member at finra sipc for more information visit acorns.com now, here's Molly. Molly, thanks so much for joining us here on the How to Be Awesome at Your Job podcast. Well, it's a pleasure. Thanks for having me, Pete. Well, I'm excited to, to dig into so much of your wisdom associated with energy. And But maybe first, if we could go back in time, could you give us an exciting story from your adventures as one of the first female sports agents? <laughs> well, gosh, how much time do you have, man? Because there are a ton. <laughs> I want a one-minute anecdote that will amuse and delight. <laughs> well, knowing your audience, you know, I think probably some of them are moments when I found myself often as the only woman in the room. And whether it was, you know, the room being my office, which was often the range at PGA Tour events or, you know, behind the, the plate at big league baseball games during batting practice. And there was so many moments like that, that I found myself in walking practice rounds and I'd be mistaken as, you know, as the wife, right? And people would look at, I remember once somebody looked at Matt Kuchar and said, are you kidding? I thought Sibby, his wife, I thought she had brown hair. Where's Sibby? You know, like thinking <laughs> I was the wife, <laughs> not the agent. So there was lots of moments like that. And what I always try to tell people is, you know, those were moments that I always tried to reframe as gifts that were positive because I was different and I was being sort of noticed, if you will, as somebody that was a resource to my athletes in that way. And being different can be wonderful and it can be a gift. And so it was reframing those moments and also having great relationships. You know, my my guys were, and often, you know, probably 85% of my athletes were, were men. 
And I always tried to ensure that my relationships with them were so strong that they always had my back. And I remember once being at, at a minor league ballpark and a, about three or four of my athletes had run over during batting practice. And we were, you know, talking sort of about business stuff and all kinds of different things. And all of a sudden, the manager started yelling at, at one of the guys. And, you know, what are you guys doing? Let's go, man. Let's take BP. Quit hitting on that lady, you know, behind the plate, right? <laughs> quit hitting on that lady. Yeah. And they were actually, I think the guy said that chick and, um, you know, and my guys always had my back and I'm super grateful for that. They said, look, no, man, that's my agent. We're talking about, you know, stuff. And so, but there's a ton of stories, Pete, I could, I'd probably bore your listeners with them. Oh, well, well, no, I think that that's just enough to, to set the stage. So, so thank you. And we're going to dig into some insights associated with energy management, which I think is so, so important. I, I, I feel it every day. But maybe to, to kick us off, could you share with us a, a story that really shows why this stuff matters and can make a world of difference? Well, you know, for, you know, I wrote a book called The Energy Clock, which you're referring to, and, and it just released January 1 of 2020. And, and, and I wrote it because when I was an agent for almost 20 years, I watched athletes and coaches, the best of the best, do what they did. And what the best did was they were really intentional about the way they managed their energy because their level of sort of energy, right, their level of energy was integral to their ability to perform. And those two things went hand in hand. And the best athletes recognize that. They recognize that those two were tightly knit together. And I, I remember I had a minor league ball player who was a first round pick. He came out and complete stud. And as early, you know, early in his career, he comes out and there's a lot of opportunities for appearances, autograph signings, you know, endorsements, commercials, all kinds of stuff. And I remember, and he was young and, I, and I, he was sort of beyond his years, in my opinion. And he looked at me and he said, you know, Molly, I know this, right? If I go out and do what I know I can do as an athlete this season, everything else will work out. Everything else will work out, right? Like if I go out and hit and do what I need to do in the field and I stay healthy physically and mentally and I'm rested and I'm, then, then, everything else, all these opportunities will exist and maybe tenfold in a couple of years. So I'm going to lock in on doing what I need to do to perform at my best. And he did. And, and I think when I got into the business world more specifically now, I, we run negotiation trainings and I speak and write and we consult with businesses. What, what I saw was there's such a connection between the way that I saw the best athletes and coaches perform and the way in which they manage their energy and the way we as business people can be equally as intentional about the way we manage our energy so we too can perform in the work that we do at the highest level for, for us as, as individuals. And so that's the, the premise of the book and the reason that I think it's, it's incredibly important for all of us so that we can show up and lead, we can, we can serve our customers and our clients better, we can solve problems better. We can't do any of those things if we're fried. Yeah, well, completely agreed. And I, I love that story because it shows right then and there, hey, I, I've made a decision. There's a lot of opportunities and you might call them distractions. A lot of places I could put my attention, but if I put the attention toward the thing that truly matters, you know, being energized, alive, uninjured, uh, performing mm -hmm. well on the mm -hmm. field, then it, that's sort of unlocks everything. So, so I'm big into the 80-20 principle here and, and, and definitely energy management falls neatly into the, the vital few, vastly important 20% of, of things. So, well, let's, let's dig into it as, You've got your own experience working with with athletes and and folks. Uh, can you tell us as as you're doing your your research and and putting this material together, uh, did you make any surprising or or striking discoveries along the path? 
Well, I think the biggest one would be, you know, we see people that wake up every day and they're busy, right? They're going and going and going. But it's it's like a friend of mine told me the other day, velocity without a target, it means nothing, right? And so I have seen over and over again, people get to the maybe the end of their lives where they have maybe chased the wrong stuff and they've been busy and they've been doing what they do, but maybe they're not fulfilled. And to me, there's a really big difference between achievement and fulfillment. And what I hope this book does is it helps people find fulfillment, which to me is what many of us are really after. We're not really after external things. And so the intent of the book is to try to help people get really clear on the things that give them energy and then how to be intentional about being systematic and intentional about locking those things into the way that you live your life every day so that you can show up and perform as your best because there's nothing that breaks my heart more than than folks that wake up and they're not delivering the kind of value to the people that matter most in their lives. And part of it bubbled up, you know, in, in, in lots of conversations with friends and, you know, after keynotes from the stage or businesses that we work with. And, you know, I remember distinctly, I was with a, a, a client and we were up at her sort of her cottage and we were sitting there and we were out on a boat and we were having a great time. And, and she sort of started to share and, and, and a little bit break down and that she was just exhausted. You know, she said, look, I mean, my, my relationship with my daughter isn't where it needs to be. You know, my husband is, we're not as connected as we typically have been. And, you know, and she's like, and this new boss I have is just difficult and I'm working all the time and I'm traveling too much. And she's just venting, right? And I'm listening and I said, well, gosh, man, I said, what, what, tell me this. I said, what are you chasing? And she looks at me and goes, what are you talking about? And I go like, what are you, what is this all for? Like, what are you chasing? And she goes, what do you mean? And I go, well, is it a promotion? Is it money? Is it another opportunity? Like, is it another, what, what, is it a car? I mean, what is this all for? And she kind of got tears in her eyes and she said, I have no idea. I don't know. I'm just going. And that was when I said, gosh. And so then I sort of invented this sort of energy audit thing, right? That's in the book. And it helps people get really clear on what are the things that give you energy? What are the things that are neutral? And what are the things that drain your energy? And then how can you be intentional about ensuring that the things that give you energy are a part of your daily life? Because I believe if we aren't intentional about giving ourselves the opportunity to live in a space that, that allows us to do the things that lift us up, then we can't really, then we can't serve the people that we lead and, the, and our customers, et cetera. So that was like, you know, there was lots of moments like that, that caused me to want to take this thinking and what I saw work with great athletes and coaches and, and bottle it up in a way that connected to business people. Well, that is powerful. And I'm just going. <laughs> I think that's a, <laughs> that is a powerful sentiment. And, uh, you know, I, I think that I've, I've got myself in there, certainly from time to time. We all have. <laughs> we sure all have. Yeah. And, uh, and that's, that's really great to say. And, and velocity without the direction is just, you know, you're just going, uh, as opposed to hitting a, a particular target. So, so well, it seems like that's one huge takeaway right there is is to have some clarity there on what are you in fact chasing, and why does that matter to you? Absolutely. I mean, to me, having a you know a really clear purpose that you filter things through is important. And there was a lot of moments in my life, you know, part of it for me is my parents really were my energy clock. And, you know, they always helped me keep it set. And for that, I'm so grateful. And my husband too. And and so what I hope this book helps people do is set their clock in a way that is sustainable, that it drives performance for them, whatever that 
might look like for them. It's different for everybody. And that's okay. I'm certainly not suggesting that I know how people can show up as their best selves. But when we can create a system that's sustainable, we hopefully get to our 90th birthday party and we turn around in the room and everybody's there that we've nurtured in our lives. I mean, what always breaks my heart is people that go hard and they're not quite clear on what they're chasing. And then they get you know, to, to the end of the days even or the weeks and, and they don't have the energy for the people that matter most in their lives. And and then potentially those sort of things unravel and and, and that's that gap between achievement and fulfillment that I think is important to delineate that I think this book helps people solve for. And so let's talk about the you say clock. Uh is is there sort of an overarching uh metaphor or framework you like to orient us to here? Well there's things in all of our lives, right, that give us energy that are the things that that when we're doing time sort of stands still or that after we feel better about who we are and how we how we feel how we show up and whatever those things are for people is different but what i think is incredibly important is to be intentional about protecting that time and that's the correlation i think there's a really tight correlation between energy and time but time is finite right we have so many hours and minutes in a day and i think if we're not intentional on in what i've seen so much about protecting the things that give us energy then we find ourselves not in certain we, we we don't do them and over time that leads to burnout it leads to uh, chasing the wrong stuff it leads to disheveled folks that maybe aren't uh, their best selves and so what the book helps people do is get intentional and clear about the things that lift them up and then protect that time in their in their calendars and and they color code those in green and then the things that are neutral in your life and we take people through it, it's called the audit and and then the things that are neutral in their life right they're not the things that necessarily lift you up but they don't necessarily drain you either right uh, but they're a necessary part of the way that we show up and live our lives and so those things are neutral those are orange and then there's the things that drain us right that just that that are really exhausting and those things are red and and i believe leaders great leaders will find that most 80% of their calendar we want to make sure is green and leaders often have a little bit more of their control of their calendar and so they can be a little bit more intentional about about protecting that time traditionally because if we don't protect it if we don't identify where we want to put our time trust me somebody else will you know somebody else will and you know it's a little bit of what you know Nick Saban and Bill Belichick and some of the you know the best coaches at both levels talk about which is control the controllables right control what you can control and you know controlling our energy uh, to me is something that that we if we're intentional and disciplined about we can control it and it helps us show up as our best well, so there you have it in terms of thinking about the activities in, in your calendar. Is it filling you with energy? Green. Is it neutral? Orange? Or is right. it a drain? Red. And and shooting for 80% plus green. So now let's let's zero in on, you mentioned something that fills you with energy. You said that the time stands still and, and there's an audit. I, I guess, what are sort of the, the key guiding questions or, or indicators you look to in categorizing these things? Because I imagine that for some people, it's, it's just obvious. Like, oh my gosh, when I go for a morning run with a dog, I, it's just fills me with energy and it's a delight. And, and, but I think that there are also problems probably some surprises like you know what that mm -hmm. meeting really sucks every time <laughs> so so how do you kind of raise this more into your your consciousness and 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 get the, the clarity on the categorization there well, you know, I would tell people, like, if you're sort of listening to this and you're thinking, I wonder, you know, how this applies to me, I, I guess I would tell people who, who maybe their energy clock isn't set. To me, they don't have the time for the things that matter most in their lives. So that, that would be a question I would ask them is, do you have the time for the things that matter most? And that's, 
obviously incredibly important because this thing called life is not a dress rehearsal, right? And people who maybe don't have their energy clock set, they feel distracted, maybe they're disconnected, they're, they're probably exhausted. You know, they find themselves maybe reacting and blaming and behaving defensively, right? So I would say that at a high level, if, if, if somebody that's listening feels that way, what setting your energy clock allows you to do is, is to have the energy for the things that matter most, to feel energized and fulfilled and focused and connected, to anticipate more, to be, you know, curious and, and to be comfortable being accountable in your own life. So, you know, I would say anybody that's listening that says, huh, you know what, I, I, I want to feel more like, you know, what I just said, you know, then you ask yourself, what are the things that give you energy? What are the things that lift you up? And so, you know, we could do it, Pete, with you right now, right? So what are the things that give you energy? What are the things that lift you up in your life? Oh, sure thing. Are you open to that? I don't want to put you on the spot. No, yeah. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Well, right. I, I mean, well, family time, good good connecting okay. with uh, my, my wife and kids. Prayer, spiritual time is swell. I, I'd say like discovering stuff. Like, mm-hmm. I think that I will often get really lit up and, and work in terms of it's like I, I've discovered an opportunity and I am excited about the implications of it. I've, I've got several mm-hmm. creative ideas for how to make it happen. And I'm just, uh, you know, exploring and 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 running after it. And, and I find that's just it gets me fired up. I've got, I've got some friends who tease me like when I'm explaining one of these things to them. My, my mm-hmm. hands are, are, are kind of <laughs> jumping it's, and, and uh, they say, I've got some things up here and I'm going to put them down here <laughs> in uh-huh. terms of what my hands are doing. That's fun. So yeah, those are some of the things. Okay, cool. And so like family time, get me inside of that. What does that look like? Oh, sure thing. Well, I, I mean, so we've got a, a two-year-old mm-hmm. and almost a one-year-old are their current ages. You're busy. Oh, sure. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> it could be really anything. I, I mean, reading stories uh, mm-hmm. is fun. Uh, I think it's fun when when all four of us are kind of on the same bed at the same time. Yeah, totally. Sure. Is is nice. I don't have to move <laughs> too uh-huh. much. <laughs> sort of chase. No, no, don't put that in your mouth. All right. All right. Sure. <laughs> you know, sure. It's more relaxed. But what about discovering, you know, new stuff, right? Like curiosity, right? So you, you that means you got to make the space to, to have time to read, right? And to have the, the headspace to do that. That takes time. You know, it, it's true. And, and as we talk about it, you know, I really do. I think if I look at my day and I see it's full of of meetings, and I guess I would not count a podcast interview. In a podcast interview, we're discovering things. So sure. that kind of fits. But if it's, it's meetings in terms of kind of administrative matters, mm-hmm. you know, it's mm-hmm. like, we're, we're going to cover this. We're going to ensure we're all the status of that. I'd say if there's, when I look at a calendar and it's, it's full of that, I go, uh, you yep. know, where, where do I get to, to play and explore and discover? I don't, right. I don't see that time on this day. Right. So prayer, family time, discovering new stuff. And then what are the things that are kind of neutral for you? Right. They don't necessarily get you really excited, but they don't really drain you either. I mean, they're just sort of there. They just exist. And the first thing that comes to mind is is sort of tidying my desk and email. Mm-hmm. It uh, they don't fire me up, but it really does feel good when they're done. It's like mm-hmm. oh, I've got a clear space, or oh, I've got a clear inbox. I don't have to worry that I'm leaving someone hanging somewhere. Sure. So sure. I guess those are neutral. Got it. And what about what are the things that really drain you? That just are just exhausting. Like you just talked about logistical stuff on your calendar. It sounds like that might be something that's in the red. That's a drainer for you. Yeah, well, I think that if, when it comes to things that resemble 
I don't know what this whole world of of like these are resemble accounting, bookkeeping, compliance, regulatory, insurance, <laughs> those things. Like I, I understand these are necessary for the law and for taxes and for fairness. Sure. Sure. But boy, I just sometimes it feels like the opposite of the new creative discovery innovation. It's just like making sure you're not breaking any laws. Right. Right. Yeah. What well, right? And so 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 accounting book operational kind of things is what I'm hearing you say, right? Some of those ops type things that you have to do to when you run a business. Yeah, right? but at the same time, I, I really do get a kick out of sort of identifying a great process. And, you know, clearly documenting and explaining and training and, and disseminating that uh, in terms of it's like, OK, now this is handled by somebody else forever. That right. feels great. Right. And, sure. oh, I feel good that I have, you know, gotten to the bottom of this kind of puzzle. So when it comes to operations in like a, a process formulation and training sense, I kind of can't get into that. But in terms of the, oh, let's let's read the ins and outs of the exclusions on this insurance policy to make sure this is the right thing that I'm buying, I go, ugh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and, and what you just said is, is awesome. And that's what's important is to say, how could I maybe create a system to make this more efficient? these drainers, you know, how can I create a process, right? Or maybe, is there a way maybe in which I could delegate that to, to someone else that that's something that gets them excited, that that's a gift for them. And that's maybe something that I can hand to them. And so that's inside of that audit, we identify how do we make sure that for Pete, that every day he's got some prayer in his life, that every day he's ensured that he's got enough family time that fills him up, right? Or every week, right? Some days, I mean, you, I'm sure travel and, you know, you're out and there may be days when you're not getting that time with the one and two-year-old, right? But how do you get that back so that maybe by the end of a week, you feel whole, that you got that those things that lift you up in your life. And then what are the things, and then those things that, 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 you know, discovering stuff, that, that curiosity that, that lifts you up. And so what, what I think is important is to say, how do you ensure that you take the prayer and the family time and the discovering stuff and you're intentional about blocking those off on your calendar and in green and you really protect that time so that it doesn't get taken with an admin scheduling a podcast interview with somebody over uh, you know, maybe a moment in which you needed some time to, to discover stuff, right? Or that is always time that you find yourself works well after the kids wake up for a nap, if uh, that you can have that little, uh, you know, 15 minutes, right, of those things that lift you up with, with the kids. So it's saying, how, well, how can you be intentional about putting those in your calendar in green? You know, the desk and the email, one of the things that we know is that we can go from things that are neutral to things that lift us up, and we can go right to things that drain us. This is a fluid system in our lives, right? We can go right from a red, things that drain us, to a green immediately, right? Our, we, we can shift right from one to another. So what I try to encourage people to do is if we know, you know, that we've got things in our lives that we need to do that are, that are in the red zone, how can we bake a green in front of it? So that when we do drain ourselves a smidge, when we're sitting inside of that red zone, that we haven't taken ourselves to an E where we're empty, we're maybe just half full because we've given ourselves, we've lifted ourselves up a little bit in advance of those moments. Now, yeah, that's interesting. When, when you talk about empty and filling, it kind of is, it's crystallizing it a bit more for me in my brain in that it's it's a little bit more than just, hey, try to have more things that fill you up and, and fewer things that that drain you but also kind of strategically 
considering the the timing, the sequencing, the balancing Correct. over a, a day and, and a week. And, and so do you have any pointers there with, with regard to, so I think that was a nice one in terms of, you know, don't go red, 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 or, or right. you, when you enter E and, and maybe you got me going now, Molly, <laughs> just to paint a picture, what does E look, sound, feel like for people? Uh, when when you hit empty, just so we can trigger some recognition, like, yeah. oh, yeah, that's that's probably what's going on here. <laughs> you know, I think you're feeling really drained. You're you're maybe really scattered. You're you're disconnected. You're you're and you're just generally you're frustrated. Those are the feelings that often go with when we find ourselves in that red space. And in the book, I have a sample calendar. And, and what I recommend people do is they literally, you know, part of this co comes down into anticipating the controllables in your life and saying, how can I go out? You know, if you look at my calendar, I go way out 30 days out and I protect those things that give me energy, right? So I would protect, you know, if I was you, that prayer time, that family time, that discovering stuff time, I would actually block that out so that nobody can grab that from me. And then I'm going to look really hard at the reds and say, can I, can I give these away to somebody else or can I be more efficient with them? And then I'm going to look at the oranges too and say, how can I potentially be more efficient in, in this, in these areas of my life so that I can move through them more efficiently, more quickly to get myself to a green. But it's about being intentional and it's about anticipating and, and then looking back, you know, at, at, at the end of a month or the end of a week and say, how did I do? Right. Really evaluating. How did I do? How did I, how do I feel at the end of the week? And how, how well did I execute against showing up with more green in my life. And, and I think, you know, and there's things that are inevitable, right? Like if, if I've got to fly home, on, you know, I mean, so for example, one of the examples I actually use in the book is that, you know, my daughter was in a play early in the morning, one morning, and I really wanted to be there, you know, to me, I want to be that parent that's, then when my child looks out, I'm there. That's really important to us. And so I had to take a red eye home from Vegas to get to the 830 play. So I'm in a red to get to a green, right? To be able to be there in a moment that I wanted to be connected to my daughter. But that was a very intentional decision to say, I'm going to wear it. I'm going to get a little red here, but I'm going to be really intentional about when I'm in Vegas. I'm going to get a massage. I'm going to get my workout on. I'm going to minimize the number of calls that my team schedules for me during that window so that I can fill myself up. So when I land, I'm not at E for this play that I may be at half full, but I'm still, I'm there, I'm present, I'm locked in. And I'm excited, certainly, and feeling fulfilled to, to, to be able to show up in, in that way. So it's all about the way we prepare for these red moments uh, so that when we uh, shift and maybe we're at that play, right, we're, we're, we're not on E, but we're, we're still in a green zone and we're half full, not on E. Does that make sense? Oh, I, I hear you, yes. And, and Molly, as, as you sort of kind of led us into your, your, your mental process. That's very helpful. Thank you. I'm, I, I'm wondering if you, if you catch some resistance from folks as you're, as you're teaching this in terms of, oh, well, you know, you gotta, you gotta sacrifice and I, I, I can't all just be about, you know, me and, and, and what feels yeah. good. I, I'm curious, like if, if you catch some resistance, 
What does it sound like and how do you respond? Yeah, it's interesting that you say that, Pete, because I, I actually felt that myself. You know, I always felt like, you know what, to fill your cup, your own cup up is super selfish. And that isn't right. It's not right for me to go take an hour and, and, and get a workout in, even though that takes me and, and is a green for me. But what I found is that if I can take that time, and I think we've all got to be respectful and careful and intentional about how much, I mean, I'm certainly not suggesting that a green is seven days a week, 24-7, right? <laughs> if you want to have friends and family, you know? So, but what I realized is that if, if you don't give yourself the things that, that give you energy, you can't give it to anybody else in your life that matters most. And, and I'll, so I'll give you a real example. I was, you know, I speak about 60 days a year on performance and I, I had gone, I had like eight keynotes or something, just, it was a lot inside of a short window of time, like call it, I can't remember the number, but let's say it was like eight keynotes inside of like 13 days, which is sort of a lot. And, and it was, you know, Philly to Vegas to California, back to Miami, right, to Detroit. I mean, it was just a mess of, of kind of all over the country. And I'd flown my mom in because our girls, we have three girls and they were young at the time. And so I'd flown her in to kind of help my husband with the girls. And, you know, I was sort of like six, five or six end of the eight, you know, and I was exhausted. I mean, I was just exhausted and I missed the girls and I missed my husband and I felt disconnected and I felt, you know, drained and scattered and disconnected and frustrated and all those things that I referenced. I was in the red, but yet I'm paid to show up and, and, and be green, right? Because that's my thing. No one wants a tired keynoter. Right. <laughs> so I remember so vividly, uh, you know, calling my mom and I and I looked at my calendar and I realized, you know what, there could be a way that I could get home and I could get a little bit of family time, still honor every obligation that I had if I, I had a board meeting. And if I left that board meeting just 20, you know, 12 hours or something earlier, I could get home. I could have a little bit of time with my girls. And I could feel reconnected a little bit, get back on a plane and go do what I needed to do. And it was a little bit of a fire drill to make that adjustment. But I thought, I need to do this. I need to do this because I need to feel connected to my family in order for me to keep going, right? So, but it was a window when I came back. So I did. And I came home and I pulled my kids out of school and we went and got a, we had a picnic and we got ice cream. We had lunch and I showed up at their lunchroom and they looked at me and they're like, mommy, what are you doing here? And I said, hey, I talked to the, you know, your teachers were good to go. We're going to take the afternoon. And they were in like third and fourth grade. So I could do that, right? They weren't going to fall significantly behind. And, and, and we did. And then I got on the plane and I went to the next keynote, crushed the next three, came home. And that was when I looked at my mom and I said, I got to create a system so that that doesn't happen again. And so that was the beginning of a lot of this stuff. And I literally took my keynote calendar and, and we took weeks, we blocked them out and we put red lines on the weeks with my team. And now I typically do two at most three inside of a five day window. I'm really careful if I have a week with three that the next week I only have one. And, and so part of that is having the discipline to say no, which is really hard. Yeah, money that must not enter your bank because of your discipline. It is hard. <laughs> right. But the, the, the messaging, I think, is when I'm saying no to something, I'm saying yes to the things that matter most. Mm -hmm. And so with the clarity around the things that lift you up, it gives you the confidence, the courage, and the discipline at the end of the day in order to have the courage to say no to something because you know I've gotten really clear on this at a time when I wasn't feeling pressured to make a decision. I've gotten clear on what matters most. Now I'm going to have the discipline and the courage to say, to say no inside of these moments. And this showed up for me a little bit when I was a sports agent. I mean, I had a team of nine agents. I had 300 athletes and coaches. And my strategy, you know, then was to try to fill their cups up so much when I could. 
So that between six and nine, when I was home and my girls were needing me, whether it was homework or prepping for bed or a tough conversation that they wanted to have or stuff going on with their friends or you name it, I could let those calls go to voicemail because athletes will call you 24-7. I had gotten clear on I'm going to fill their cups up so much when I can so that when I need to honor my kids and my husband, I can do that and I can do it with confidence because I filled them up so much in the other moments that they respect that window of time that I'm, I'm honoring my family. Well, this is, this is super handy. And, and so I'd love to hear as you've, you've taught this to many folks and they've, they've implemented, can you share, you know, some of the, the recurring discoveries in terms of, wow, I, I overlooked this or, hey, you know, it turns out, you know, this little thing uh, does a, makes a world of difference for, for energizing me. Yeah, and that's why I do this work, right? It's the emails, it's the notes from LinkedIn, it's the stuff that people send on Instagram and Twitter. I mean, that is why I do this. I mean, it's so fulfilling. I had somebody the other day that said, I just did this energy audit on my husband. Both of our calendars are color-coded now. I am so excited to lean in in 2020, sort of in this new way. And what I think people find is the clarity in itself is incredibly powerful, right? Just even just when we just did it with you, the clarity around here's the things that, that, that really, really lift me up. And if I had all those things in my life, one to two, maybe all three of them every day, imagine would I be a better husband? Would I be a better father? Would I be a better leader? Would I be a better community leader? All those things, what we hear from people is yes. Here's the things that, you know, I take a, a, a gentleman that I've renamed in the book. His name is Frank in the book, but it was a real person. But when we took Frank through this, it was incredibly powerful because now he's clear on the things that lift him up. He's been disciplined and intentional about protecting it on his calendar. And now the byproduct of that inside of usually 20, 21, 30 days is a person who's showing up better at work, showing up more fulfilled at home, showing up more connected to the people that matter most more energized for the clients that they serve, the customers, uh, for the team members that they work with. So those are the stories that we hear. And, and what's really powerful is when people get really clear on the things that drain them, the things that, you know, it, it, for you, right, the, the, the ops kind of stuff that you don't love, you know, my hope and dream and prayer and wish is that you hang up the, the, from this podcast and you go back and you go, you know what, I'm going to try to find a way to either delegate this or create some better systems so that this shows up a little bit less in my life. And, and maybe there's still a role for it in your life as a business owner, right? We, we need to be aware of those things. But how can I maybe dial that back a little bit? And then obviously my, my, my weeks look a little bit better. So I think this is something that works for the whole person, not just a business person. And certainly it can work for somebody that works out of the home, right? As a caregiver in the home. I mean, this is a powerful thing too. And I think it's incredibly important for men and women that are at home caring for the family are super intentional about that or resentment kicks in in a big way. Yeah, I hear you. Well, so then I, I'd love to get your notion. So we talked about some, you know, doing the audit and getting particular about your your own unique things. Can we hear about a couple common discoveries in terms of, hey, a lot of people seem to have discovered that, I don't know if it's a nap or a meditation or you get apple yeah. with peanut butter, yeah. or, you know, is, <laughs> is there any little something that makes a big impact that shows up for a lot of people? Yeah, that's an awesome question. You know, one is to create an opportunity with somebody that you trust and that wants nothing from you, but for you to be your best self, for them to hold you accountable, you know, for them to have access to your calendar, to have access to, to being able to connect with you about how this is going. So somebody that you're willing to, we hear from people that, that they have, 
uh, shared this with, uh, told them that this is something that's important to them that they're leaning into and that they're trying to do. And that, you know, every 30 days, would you ask me, how am I doing as it relates to setting my energy clock and keeping my clock set? How am I doing? And so, and we have, by the way, if you go to theenergyclock.com, there's all kinds of resources for folks when they buy the book, both as individuals, as teams, and as leaders that they can access that helps them uh, sustain uh, their energy clock. You know, so so accountability and then having monthly check-ins with their accountability partner at least every month where they can check in and assess how they're tracking on keeping their clock set. Because that's the most important thing, right? Is not that they, they read a book and they feel great for a week, right? I mean, we want to change behavior over the long haul. And so we find that when people have accountability and then a system with that accountability partner that works best for them, that the sustainability is, is just, it's better. Okay, lovely. Well, well, tell me anything else you want to make sure to mention before we shift gears and hear about some of your favorite things. No, I mean, it's, you know, it's just, I'm super passionate about it. It's fun to talk about. So most importantly, I hope, I hope this conversation helps people. All right. Well, now could you share with us a favorite quote, something you find inspiring? One that comes up for me right now, because I just saw it, I, I just saw it on the wall of an office for a company that I'm speaking to is treat every customer like they're your only customer is I think kind of a cool quote. That one comes to mind. And how about a favorite study or experiment or bit of research? I just interviewed Sean Acor on my podcast, and he anchors a lot of the work that he does, and he wrote The Happiness Advantage with a lot of research. And I loved that conversation because, you know, he talks about gratitude and, and, and joy and, and the research that he's done in over 55 countries on it, which is incredibly powerful, and how I thought this was staggering. Sean said, Molly, in the 55 countries and all the work that I've done, I found that if people do at least one of these three or four things, right, the gratitude journal, the identifying the things that bring them joy, if people do one of the three or four things that he mentions, they find themselves happier. And he measures that. So I, I'm super intrigued with the work that he does. I'm a big fan of all of the research that, you know, that Brene Brown does, Adam Grant. I read all of their stuff, everything that they, that they do. And I'm grateful to call them, you know, friends. So they are uh, probably a whole lot smarter than me, right? They're working inside of institutions. I'm not a researcher at all. So I lean on other people for, for that. So I'm grateful for their work that I can lean on. And how about a favorite book? The All Chemist is one of my favorite books. I mean, I just think it, it is so uh, cool the way that it's just a powerful read. I've read it several times. That book is is one of my favorites. Greg McCune's book, Essentialism, I'm a huge fan of. The Power of Full Engagement by Jim Lair, I love. Those are a couple that come, you know, that come to mind. But and and of course the the all, you know all the work from whether it's you know Adam Grant to Sean Aker to Susan you know Kane. I mean uh, you know I'm a big fan of anything they put out. I grab and read. And how about a favorite tool? Something you use to be awesome at your job. Just because it's on my mind, I mean, obviously some of the stuff that we've talked about really helps me show up in the work that I do better when my clock is set. I feel like I'm, I'm a better leader. Um, so that is a tool that I certainly do use myself personally, that my team uses, that we all use, that, that I think helps us. Certainly, I'm grabbing my phone right now. I, I would say probably another one would be Slack, right? My team and I use Slack, and, and that's a tool that we use, and I find it, it's, it drives some efficiency, which is powerful. And how about a favorite habit? A favorite habit would be the gratitude journal I, or the five-minute journal. You know, I do that. Whether if I'm traveling, I use my app. If I'm home, I, I try to write into my book. I like writing it better than, you know, but that, that to me is a pretty powerful tool. I, I love the five-minute journal. And is there a particular nugget you share that really seems to connect and resonate with folks? They, they quote it back to you often? Yeah. One would be when you ask for the business, you get advice. And when you ask for advice, you get the business. That one's a big one. 
People love that one. And I, and, I, and I also reframe it, right, for young people that are listening. You know, when you ask for a job, you get advice. When you ask for advice, you get a job. That one's powerful too. But that would be one that people really, really connect with. When you ask for the business, you get advice. When you ask for advice, you get the business. And if folks want to learn more or get in touch, where would you point them? MollyFletcher.com. There's all kinds of stuff that leads them to the book stuff. Uh, of course, our workshop business, our negotiation training programs, all of that comes out of MollyFletcher.com. And do you have a final challenge or call to action for folks seeking to be awesome at their jobs? I would challenge them to set their clock, right? To get really energy clock, to get really clear on the things that lift them up, the neutrals, how to be more efficient in the drainers or delegate those and, and set it. Find somebody to help hold them accountable every 30 days. And, and I can, uh, you know, my hope and my prayer and what we're seeing with the people that we work with now is, is somebody that shows up more fulfilled and more connected to the things that matter most. So that would be my challenge. All right. Well, Molly, this has been lots of fun. I, I wish you much energy in the weeks ahead. All right. You too, Pete. Thanks for having me on and thanks for the work that you do. I really loved Molly's take on doing the energy audit and how even in that conversation, some things came up for me about, hey, it's quite energizing when the whole family's in the one bed being silly, laughing and, and sort of joking around and not having to chase kids down and say, take that out of your mouth because <laughs> it's a contained environment. And so it's like, oh, wait a second. Why don't I do that proactively as opposed to just say, oh, what do you know? They all happen to climb up on the bed. So we're going to enjoy this moment. I could proactively put that in the calendar and enjoy that energization. So cool stuff from Molly. Hope you dug that and more. Again, the show notes, the transcript, the links to items we've referenced are at awesomeatyourjob.com slash F532. If you haven't already, I hope you'll push subscribe. If you do, you'll catch our next guest. It's Roger Dooley. Roger is talking about friction, the stuff that makes our jobs harder and how to get rid of that. Hope to catch you there. Peace. Thanks for listening. To get the most out of the show, we recommend two key things. First, check out the extra resources at awesomeatyourjob.com. You can find this episode's transcript and links, as well as the perfect episode for your situation. You can search the full text transcripts of hundreds of episodes or explore episodes tagged by topic and competency covered. Second, subscribe to the podcast and get future episodes automatically. You can subscribe by telling Siri and several other smartphones and speakers, subscribe to the How to Be Awesome at Your Job podcast or by tapping subscribe in your podcast player of choice. If you'd like some extra help figuring out podcasts and how subscriptions work, visit awesomeatyourjob.com slash subscribe for guidance. Hope to catch you on the next episode of How to Be Awesome at Your Job. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 